This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. That was like a nice little head toss. I got a fluffy hat or a slouchy hat on today. It's cool. Um, welcome to Sip. Survive. And repeat. I'm Jenny. I'm Danelle. And I'm Kenny. And this is a podcast about wine, mm-hmm. mostly about survival stories mm-hmm. and repeating them yep. every week. And That's in right. fact, this is week 52, people. That means we've been doing this for a year. One year. Can you boop. believe it? Boop, boop. I love it. Uh, all day long. We've been really into singing since we got here. I mean, because we're so good. But do you remember our first episode? We were so nervous. We were so nervous. We were sitting here, but I was on that side. Yes. You we know. weren't sitting here. We were sitting in a brewery. Oh, wait. Oh, nope. Our first one was we here. Were here. We were sitting here. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that because we tried to go to another winery, mm-hmm. and the acoustics were just not great. No, there's a lot of floor creaking. I totally forgot that. This was the first. This was the first. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kim, for putting up with us. (laughs) Um, Can we talk about the wine really quick? Yes. I want you to talk about it. Well, this was a gift from Mrs. Steinbauer. Thank you so much. We have the same birthdays. December 23rd. Shout out Capricorns. Okay. So this is from Napa. It's called Sterling. And it's a Cabernet, and it's delicious. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's dry. It's red. Mrs. It's Steinbauer, way to a go. a great pick. The bottle is... For someone who doesn't drink wine, oh. it's a great wine She pick. doesn't drink any wine? She doesn't really no? drink too much. Okay. Affects, like, gets migraines and stuff. But oh, yeah, okay. I feel yeah. you there. Um, She's got good taste. It's sourced from select vineyards, so it's mm-hmm. exclusive. Uh, I'm there's a fancy for, stamp on it, there's so... A, there's a fucking fancy stamp. I'm looking for the up oh, 13.5% alcohol by volume. Thank you. And yeah, it's it's pretty and it tastes smooth. Thank you, Mrs. Steinbauer. We love it. We appreciate you. Um, and if you guys want to know where we got this wine, you just gonna have to contact Mrs. Steinbauer. Because we don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing maybe, well, Clot, you guys don't have a Heinen's up there, do you? No. Nowhere near, okay. I don't think. So okay. she probably there's went like out of a, her way to get a good bottle. There's a of little wine. like Hall's wine shop in Clyde. Not she might have went there. Well, hey, shout out to Hall's in case it came from there. Hey, Hall's. <laughs> Want to sponsor up? the show? <laughs> we have a slot open. Whoop, whoop. Um, okay, so I, I'm nervous because it's been a year. So I wanted to make like a really sweet mm. like story come to life. So um. Um, I definitely did the thing where I watch a documentary and then I just write five lines of notes and I'm nervous that's when you do your best though it's what you guys tell me I don't know I'm just gonna ramble I love read something I love you ramble yeah um on a side note Danelle's wearing a very uh valentine like uh scarf I feel like on valentine's day you should have that on your body I wear this every day so I will probably have it on valentine's day as well great I think it's just sticking out to me because Valentine's Day is a coming. And I have lots of like clothing on right now because I'm it's it's snowing here in Cleveland it's fucking cold it's 29 degrees mm-hmm. <sighs> it's not the best but not the best the groundhog said that spring's coming early so mm-hmm. thanks punks to tony phil thank you <laughs> bring it bring it to me all night long again okay. the singing i don't know why we are so into singing um okay who should go first kenny let's go to now first okay. okay all right 
fine. I'll do it. Twist my arm. Great. I'll okay. be over here getting drunk. <laughs> Great. Then I can relax afterwards and do it. Okay. I'll stop singing because it's not good. I, Wait, I realize. We have to, everyone needs to know what we were singing before we started. This, this is how we do it. it. Oh, well, that was bad. <laughs> you want to try it again? Ooh, ooh. Danelle's getting crazy. All right, Danelle, what's your story? This is how we do it. The year was 2004. Okay, you can't sing the whole thing. Okay, no. So 2004, (laughs) an undersea earthquake that registered a magnitude of a 9.1 to a 9.3. That's big, right? Is this on a scale of 1 to 10? It's on a scale of 1 to 10. But that scale's not 1 to 10 true. Oh. Like, a 7 is like twice as strong as a 6. A what? A seven oh. is twice as strong as a yeah, six? Yeah, it's like an escalating scale. Like, oh. well, uh, I can't think of what the graph is so called. So if it's like, like an goes. eight, a nine is not like a little bit bigger than an eight. It's like it's twice as big. Is it like an inverted eight. bell curve? That's the word, I think. I don't know. I wish Kim was here. She would know. so smart. <sighs> um, well, this was a 9.1 to a 9.3, and in certain areas, it reached up to a 10. Oh, Jesus. Which is the highest it goes, I right. think. Um, so following this, a series of large tsunami waves followed, mm. some as high as 100 feet tall. Oh, no. Goodbye. Um, the tsunamis killed an estimated 227,000 people in over 14 countries. Oh, my God. Um, the earthquake was one of the deadliest natural disasters in recorded history. It actually caused the planet to vibrate as much as Stop 10 it. millimeters. Stop I don't know it. how much that is, but that sounds like a lot. Um, I wonder if people felt that and didn't know what it was. I think so. Okay. It also triggered earthquakes as far away as Alaska. This was in like um, Thailand area. Okay. So. Um, I like how I say that. Like I'm like, yeah, Thailand. Yeah, totally. you're like, I knew that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you guys remember this tsunami that I'm about to talk about. Yes. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the weird thing is, is the earthquake happened in Burma, I think, or India. Okay. And it took actually... The tsunami took two hours to actually hit Thailand. So it was huh. that far away. Yeah. From- just, just FYI about the scale of this. Yeah. So like a Good five, concept. it's about, this is a energy released equivalent to pounds of explosive. It's like a five is four million pounds of explosive energy released. A six is 120 million. Then huh. seven's four billion. Eight is 120 billion billion a nine is four trillion wow so i mean it's up there a kabajillion dillion yeah 120 quadrillion is it 10 that's a lot of yeah so i mean they're probably seven trillion or something crazy So they probably felt it i'm assuming i I mean i know they felt it where it happened but (laughs) two hours away other continents away you probably felt like a little a little shaky poo um so this story in particular is about the 2004 tsunami survival story of Maria Bellin. Mm-hmm. And um, Maria was born in 1966 in Madrid, Spain, and she was a doctor, or she is a doctor, um, because it's survive, repeat, so she survives. Yes. Um, she <laughs> has three sons, Lucas, who was 10 at the time, um, Tomas, who was eight, and then Simon, who was five. How and do you know that it's pronounced Tomas. Because there's a little thing over the A. An accent aigu. Uh-huh. Is okay. that right, do you think? Or do you think it's Thomas? No, I like the way you said it. Thomas! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And Simon, which I'm sure is not pronounced Simon. I'm sure it's like Simon or Simon or... Simon. Simon or maybe it is Simon. I don't know. Um, and her husband's name was... I'm going to pronounce it Kike, but I, I'm not sure. 
how that. Let's call him Kiki. Yeah, Kiki. So they were vacationing in Thailand that Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, her husband and three sons. And it was called. They were vacationing specifically in Kayo Lak, Thailand. Not right, but it sure. was. It was really essentially a coastal town in the western part of the island. Um, and it was also the hardest hit area in Thailand. Oh God. Yeah. So it was more than 300 miles from the epicenter of the earthquake to give you an idea Mm -hmm. of how powerful this earthquake was. Um, but the earthquake itself was underwater. It it was, it was a plate shift. Got it. In between the Burmese plate and some other plate I read, but it's a plate shift. You read something. I read lots of things on this. Oh, Wikipedia. Other things and more Wikipedia. Okay. Okay. So actually more than 4,000 people died just in this town alone that they know of, but it's actually, it's estimated that closer to 10,000 died. There's a lot of undocumented workers there and the government doesn't really do a great job of like giving you birth certificates, I guess, and stuff like that. So they don't really know the death toll, but they're thinking it's closer to 10,000 just for this little coastal town. Um, so her and her family were enjoying the sun and vacation, relaxing when everything changed in one split second. Um, she was laying out on a lounge chair and this, they are at this very fancy high end, um, luxury hotel. Her husband actually worked for, uh, Gillette and they mm, lived in the Japan. Best a man can get. Best man can get. They lived in Japan at the time. So this was a quick little vacation getaway for Christmas. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. So she was out laying on the lounge chair, soaking up the sun and her boys and her husband were in the pool nearby playing. And, um, she said, we couldn't see the wave. Oh, no. We started to hear a very horrible sound. I was looking around thinking maybe this is just in my mind. No one recognized the sound. It felt like the earth was coming apart, but everything looked perfect. Can you imagine? No, like the sound terrifying. of steel, like tearing. She said, or people said it sounded like steel was like tearing apart, but you couldn't see anything. Like they just everything looked peaceful and normal, but you could hear it like coming. Um, it's like one of my words. So she was out, she was facing the sea, her, um, lounge chair was, and all of a sudden she saw a huge black wall and she didn't think it was the sea. She was very confused. She just thought it was a black wall coming for them. So it was so tall Oh my god! that she just saw this. She just, in her mind, logically was just like, this is a wall and it's coming for me. I'm so confused. Um, the two youngest boys were in the swimming pool with her husband. The oldest boy, Lucas, who was 10, was kind of in front of her lawn chair, and he was playing with a ball that they bought him on Christmas. And she screamed to her husband and to the kids, and at that moment, she thought it was the end of all of them. Then they all disappeared underwater. <gasps> now, it wasn't... And at this point, it wasn't just the water and the pressure, but it was also <clears throat> debris in the water. There were cars. There were, you know, their chalet that they were staying at the hotel was, like, already engulfed in the water and the with when the brick wall was coming to them. Um... She remembers being pushed against walls and debris. She said she was not in any physical pain, but the drowning sensation was what scared her the most. Yeah. Um, she said it was like being in a spin dryer. Oh, God. Um, she was underwater for... The doctors estimate she was underwater for almost three minutes because her lungs were so full. Like, how full her lungs were, they could guesstimate. Um, but when she came to the surface, she wrapped herself around a tree and clung on. Confused and trying to put together what happened, she said it was so hard to work through logically what was happening because nothing looked normal to her. Like one minute everything was beautiful and luxurious, and the next minute it's just total destruction around her. Um, she had deep gashes on her chest and um, a deadly wound on her right thigh, 
And because she's a doctor, she knew she was dying. Like she could tell by how bad she was bleeding and just oh God. what was going on in her body. She knew she didn't have a lot of time. Um, through all of the chaos, she could see a little bobbing head in the water and it turned out to be her oldest 10 year old son, Lucas. And she heard him screaming for her. And so she did what any mother would do and let go of the tree and went out and grabbed him and then pulled him back to the tree with her. And they just held onto the tree, um, for at least a half an hour. Um, she was all, her and her son were also very scared at this point too because they didn't know if another wave was going to come. They had no idea what was going on. Right. And I don't know if they had heard about the earthquake or if they knew about the earthquake. But I mean, I can imagine you're on vacation. You're not really watching. Maybe you're not really watching the news. Um, she said that they clung onto the tree for a long period of time until a um, a local Thai man. Uh, rescued them and got them off the tree and literally dragged them through mud um, to a safe spot until the um, ambulance came and got them. So this little, this Thai man saved their life and got her to a hospital. Um, But she was convinced at that point that the rest of her family was gone. So it was Mm -hmm. just her and her 10 year old son. Um, She says, quote, not for one second did I believe that my husband and my two other boys would be alive. After the tsunami struck her um, husband, had so he was holding on to the two boys that he was in the water with as the wave crashed on and hit them and he said he tried his best to hold to keep hold of them but the water pressure was so intense that he lost them um he also did emerge from the water and found a tree as well and clung onto the tree thank god for trees you guys thank god they had a lot of trees in thailand but um plant more trees plant more trees people (laughs) so as he was also he had a very similar experience where he was grabbing onto the tree and he heard his one son yelling for him and he was like oh my god he's alive and he went and got him and they hung onto the tree and then 30 minutes later he heard his other son (gasps) and got him as well so all three of these people are holding onto the tree um, for over an hour. Oh, God, um, my arms are sore just thinking about I know, that. right? Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, and at this point, her husband, Kike, just assumed that his wife and Lucas were gone because they were nowhere to be found, but he had his other two sons with him. And then he made the grave decision to, um, once they were rescued off the tree, he made the grave decision to leave his two boys with a local um, and he joined forces with another husband to go try to find his wife and his other son. Oh, no. So they left his, his other, you know, his two sons on the top of a hotel roof. And him and his, this guy he met who was also looking for his wife went to local hospitals. And they did a whole, you know, they joined the search team. Um, let's see. And they're just the most adorable family. So after hours of searching um, through hospitals full of wounded and the dying, um, he could hardly believe his eyes when he found his wife and Lucas at one particular hospital. Um, although Maria wasn't out of the woods yet, they were reunited and it felt so good. Um, <laughs> reunited and it feels so good. It does. So after leaving Thailand, um, she ended up spending an additional 14 months in the hospital. In 14 Singapore. months? She was very bad. Like, they don't go into a lot of detail about her wounds, and I couldn't find any pictures. Yes. But if you're in the hospital for 14 months. You fucked up. She was bad. <laughs> so after 14 months in Singapore, they then flew her to Spain to her homeland to recuperate. Wow. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. So... Um, the tsunami has changed her life and her family's life, and because of this, they now travel the world and advocate for survivors of tsunami victims, and she also gives motiva- motivational speeches. 
and how she overcame PTSD after the fact for many years. And she's also inspired a movie called Impossible starring Naomi Watts. Oh. And her and Naomi, Naomi Watts have become really good friends because of the movie, which is kind of a little oh. fun fact. But um, And her two youngest sons, who are now in college, both go to the School of London. I don't know, somewhere in Europe. That sounds fancy. Yeah. And the one wants to be a lifeguard. Aww. The other son wants to be a lifeguard, which is really ironic. Um, when they were <sighs> filming the movie they had to go back to that part of Thailand to film the movie. And she said that she was not afraid or scared. She loves the ocean. And she said that it wasn't the ocean's fault of what happened that day. No, it was so, the earth's fault. It was the earth's fault. <laughs> so yeah, screw you tectonic plates. Um, so despite the fact that the earthquake was several hours away, um, there was no, there's no devices or anything in place to warn people about tsunamis. But in 2012, they did put a detection system in mm. to now warn people for, cause that part of the world is more prone to tsunamis than any other part of the world. Right. So because right, right. the, the, the plates and everything. Plates. Yeah. So there has been a system put in place and it was, it did go off in 2012. Is it one of those ring alarms? It is. That you put on the front of your house. Yep. Okay, cool. It's exactly that. They warn you when there's someone at your door but you also get warned if there's a wave coming so it's great <laughs> so you can get out of dodge but it did go off in 2012 and the area was evacuated i don't think there was ever a, wa- a tsunami but they did best act- to be best to know be, what to do yeah be, be, blah, 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 be right. safe not sorry exactly there um so let's see so just some quick warning signs yes if you're ever in thailand or anywhere and you hear of an earthquake either far away or close by um, it's really the only sign and it doesn't happen every time is I'm sure you probably know this Jenny, but the sea resends temporarily from the coast. So you see the water just like move back, like, like sink back into the ocean. And there's sometimes like dead fish left behind cause it's very it fast. fast. Yeah. And it go and it goes away for a while and then it comes back. So it's really the only sign. It comes see. back with a vengeance. It comes back with a th- 100 foot wall wave can you imagine i mean i remember when the story broke and watching the footage and Mm -hmm. just yeah i've seen footage recently i think i there was something on facebook or instagram Mm -hmm. terrifying yeah so that's the story of maria and her family who survived not very many people survived but it's her entire the fact that her entire family survived is pretty incredible so those kids must have had some swimming skills i know right now it makes me really happy i'm making declan go yes swim lessons he should go in case a tsunami ever hits lake erie I mean, it's probably going to happen. Just it's, kidding. We did have an earthquake here, though. We did. A little bit ago. So what was that? Like a three? Uh, I think it was a four point something. So imagine a nine or a no, ten. No, thank you. I can't even. <sighs> yeah. So. Oh, my God. I wanted to watch the movie, but I couldn't. It wasn't on Netflix, and that's yeah. as far as I looked. So. <laughs> I'm like, nah, it's not free. Goodbye. <laughs> Janelle, that's great. I love it. I like tsunamis. Well, I don't like them. I like no. survivors of tsunamis. Yeah. There we go. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I literally have 10 lines of notes, and that's it. Let's hear it. Super nervous. Sweat stash coming through. <sighs> breathe it in. Before I do that, can I just tell you, because I just breathed in, it reminded me, Declan's uh, teacher at daycare mm-hmm. was teaching him um, breathing. Uh, they were doing yoga in mm. class. And so he did that. He goes, Mom, this is how you do it. And he brings his little hands all the way up over his head. Breathe in. And then... <sighs> Breathe out. That's the cutest thing ever. And I'm glad that they're teaching kids that. So cute. I'm like, oh, buddy, that's adorable. I went to yoga class on Sunday, last Sunday, and they 
there's a small joining class, the mm. big class, and they had kids yoga going on and you could hear them in there and it sounded so cute. Like they were giggling and laughing and like jumping and oh. it wasn't just breathing, obviously. You got to keep yeah. them entertained for an hour. But yeah. it seemed, if I had children, I would put them in that class. Nice. Yeah. I may definitely take dance with me. So yeah, he won't do it anymore. But okay. I am doing the survival story of Colleen Stan. Okay. Does that sound familiar Mm-mm. at all? It does not. Okay. Uh, it's May 1977. Mm. It was the 70s. Um, and Colleen wanted to go visit a friend. So Colleen's living in Eugene, Oregon. Okay. Oregon. 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 Anyway. Um, and she, her friend is down somewhere in uh, Northern California. Okay. So she gets in her car. She's all revved up to go. Car won't start. Oh, no. So what does she do in the 70s? You hitchhike. Yes, this fool hitchhiked because no, everybody was doing it. Don't do it. Um, so she uh, actually got, I think she said two truck, like truckers, took her all the way down into like California. Okay. So like, she got picked up by one truck, then she got picked up by another truck. Oh. And um, this, the last truck that had her dropped her off. Uh, she walked to uh, walked up the highway ramp and tried to get another like vehicle to pick her so up to take dangerous. her the rest of the way. On so many levels, not just a stranger a stranger picking you up, but like yeah. I don't know, just it's walking on the highway. Just so just terrible, you guys. I'm it. glad it's not a thing anymore. I know. Um, okay, so she uh, she's standing there. She's waiting to see if she can get another ride. She got her thumb out, whole nine yards. Whoop whoop. Let me have a ride. And a van pulls up, mm. and you know we don't like vans. Mm-mm. That's where the pedophiles live. Yes. Um, although she was 20, so she wasn't a kid, but still, but still, um, and the back of the the van opens and it's just like a bunch of guys in the truck and they're like, we'll take you wherever you want to go. Whoa. whoa." And she was like, no, thanks. Oh, so she said no. She said no to these guys, even though they were like more her age, but like it was a big group of them. Yeah. Anything could have happened. It Mm could have been bad. Um, so then she says, no, they drive away. Uh, and then another car pulls up a little while later and has two people in it, a husband, a wife, and a little baby. And Safe, you think? Totally safe. Like, they have a baby. They're You're not going to hurt you. My favorite thing was in the reenactment, and I'm not sure if this is true in real life, the mom of the couple was sitting in the front seat holding the baby. Because it's the 70s. Because there's, there's no car seat regulations. there's no car seats. There's no seat belts. <laughs> just, just fucking hold the baby in the Just throw front. your kid in the back. Well, and and I'm like, if they ever get into a crash, that baby's going to go flying. Yeah. Anyway. They didn't Don't care. worry. The baby's fine. At least I think. Um, so Colleen says, hey, I'm going to wherever she was going in California. And they're like, oh, yeah, come on. Hop in. We'll give you a ride. So she gets in the car and. Sidebar. This seems like a lot of work to go see your friend. Like, couldn't your friend, like, meet you halfway? Or Maybe your friend doesn't have a car either. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of effort. It's 70s. I, I think part of the fun was I'd be like, I'm just going to stay in t- this weekend. I feel like part of the, the fun was hitchhiking, though. Like, they, they liked yeah. it. That's yeah. why would you do it if yeah. you didn't like it? You're right, you're right. Again, it was a different time. Um, so she gets in the car, and she notices the gentleman who's driving keeps checking on her in his rearview mm. mirror. Like, keeps looking back. Keeps looking back. And she kind of felt... This doesn't seem great. So after about 10 minutes, they stopped at a gas station uh, to fill up, and she went inside to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. And when she was there using the restroom, she had this really bad gut feeling that she should probably just sneak out of the gas station yeah. and run away. But she was like... But she didn't. No, because they have a baby. Yeah. I would have thought the same thing. I'd have been like, they're innocent. They they clearly have a baby, so they're nice Again, people. I, I don't know why suddenly like a baby's just like, yep, they're good. Right. 
because they're not. Not everyone with a baby's good. Um, but I get, I mean, I do get why she felt that way. So uh, she ignores that feeling. She goes back outside. She gets in the car. Um, when she gets in the car, uh, she notices that there is a, a wooden box sitting next to her on the, the seat, like mm-hmm. in the back. And she, it wasn't there before. And she was kind of like, that's weird. All right. So they're driving. They drive about 20 more minutes. And uh, the wife says, hey, there's these um, ca- crystal caves or some shit like that that we want to stop mm. and see. Do you mind if we stop real quick and just, like, take a look? And she and Colleen's like, sure, yeah, as long as it doesn't take too long. I'm cool. So, again, mm. I think some of this was, like, the hitchhiking was kind of fun because you got to yeah. do other stuff. But, okay. Um, so they get to this place with these caves and they get out and um uh she notices that the wife and the little baby go one way and the husband goes a different way and she's like what's going on here and then a few minutes later she is um attacked from behind and blindfolded Mm. and then um the husband put her in the back seat and he opened the box like a clamshell and put her head in it (gasps) And then locked it shut. What? Yeah. This woman has a box on her fucking head. So it was that big? Yeah. It was a head-sized box. I'm thinking of like a little like jewelry box type nope. situation. Maybe head there's like a, a gun in it or something. There's like a <gasps> hole where her neck Holy is. Holy shit. Like it's cut out where the neck is. But everything else is flush. And the inside of it is insulated with carpet to muffle any of her screams. Oh my God. Terrifying. What the fuck? But first were there crystals in the caves? I don't think she got that far. Okay. She didn't even get to see any fucking crystals. Because I kind of want to go to that place if there is. Agreed. Have but you been to the one at Putin Bay? No, I have not. Oh, it's fun. Is it? Is it? It's a. It's the world's largest geode. Really? Yes. Hmm. yes. Okay. Get out there. He- okay. Wow. Head box. We're in a head box now. <sighs> Lined with carpet. Yeah. For the screaming. So. Then. Ooh, um, this one's the, gonna be rough. <laughs> the husband and the wife and the baby get all back in the car with head box in the back. Colleen head box. Aww. And they start driving back to, I think it was Red Bluff is where they were staying. Okay. So they get back and they get to their house and they take her out of the car and they bring her down to the basement. Well then, okay, so the husband's name is Cameron. Mm-hmm. The wife's name is Janice. Their last name is Hooker, which I think is fitting for them. Pretty They're amazing. They're a bunch of fucking hookers. Yeah, they are. Yeah, okay. they are. And I don't mean sex workers. I... I say do you need to do what you need to do, but these people are fucking hookers. Yeah, they are. All right, Cameron and Janice. Cameron takes uh, poor Colleen with the head box still on, ties her hands together, and then strings her up <gasps> to the ceiling by her wrists. Oh, my God. So she is not touching the floor, but she's fairly close to it, but just enough so she can't touch. What and, a dick. And then Cameron takes off her clothes and starts oh. whipping her. Oh, my God. But they have a baby. I know. Is the head box still on? Yes. Oh. The minute they put the head box on, I would be like, I'm going to be tortured. Clearly. If Clearly. there's carpet in it, it's insulated. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm pretty sure the head box was still on. Maybe they took it off. But anyway, she's strung up by the ceiling, by her wrists. And she can said almost it, touch the floor, but not. And she said it hurt so bad, like just being yeah. tied by her wrists. And then he started whipping her, and that was terrible. And then she realizes that when the whipping stopped, Janice and Cameron were getting it on like they were getting off on torturing oh. her so they were like sickos disgusting like, let's whip this girl until we get all hot and hot and bothered and then let's fuck each other oh and i don't know where the baby is okay <laughs> don't know okay okay, okay. <laughs> gross so 
Um, it turns out, a little backstory here, is that Cameron met Janice um, when Janice was just 15 years old, and he was 19, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Janice came from a very overprotective family, and so she wasn't allowed to do hardly anything, um, especially date. Especially, okay. Especially torture people. Especially no. watch people being tortured and get off on it. Okay. No, um, no she uh, she was 15. He was 19. Cameron said, hey, I want to go out with you. And she was like, you're going to have to talk to my parents because I'm not allowed to date. And so he came to their house and asked about, hey, I want to take your daughter out. I don't know what he said, but of course he's a psychopath or whatever. So he's so he, super charismatic. Super charming. And they were mm-hmm. like, fine. So I think the first... First night that they were together, he um, Cameron tied Janice to a tree. And on the first date? The fir- yeah, first date. Oh. I, uh, she had never been on a date before. She didn't know this was weird. I mean, <laughs> take me to the drive-thru. <laughs> At least before you tie me to a Don't tree. Tie me to a tree. Jesus. So basically what had happened is now he has someone who has no experience with sex or anything else that he can manipulate he can Uh mold he can make what he wants so um they end up dating and he continues to torture her and rape her basically i don't know if it was ever consensual i'm sure it had to be sometimes um then they got married i'm making weird faces because i'm like why Why? um so they got married and then after a while um Cameron revealed that he would really like to have a sex slave. Oh. And and Janice was like, well, here's the deal. Janice is like, I'm into it. Nope. She said, I really want a baby. Oh. So you let me have a baby. I will let you keep a sex slave in the house. No, that's not, a, <laughs> that's not the type of relationship compromise you should be making. You guys, compromises are important in marriage. But if but not, your significant other wants to kidnap someone and keep them as a sex that's slave. That's not a good compromise. No, it's pretty terrible. But do you think, okay, so this is the 70s. People, like, I know she's young, Mm -hmm. but you still know, like, what's normal and what's not. Like, there's got to be something, like, fucked up with her. I think to some degree there is. To be okay, like, it's. I will say, I think Janice, in the end of this, actually turns out the most normal. Okay. (laughs) Shockingly. Um, Okay, so back to present time. Okay. Janice and Cameron have this woman in their house. So... They basically, like, sit her in the corner of the basement when they're done with her and, like, tie her to something. Um, I, I'm not, I think the head box has come off at this point because she's in a basement, and it's, most basements are at least somewhat. You can't hear them from the outside. Right. Um, and this continues for two years, I believe oh, it was. Oh, God. Of her, like, basically daily being tortured. He did not, Cameron did not rape her, though, because the wife... Janice had said, if you want to have a sex slave, you can get all aroused and all that stuff with all the punishment you give to the slave, but then you need to fuck me. Like, you cannot have intercourse with mm. our sex slave, even though that's what she is. So it was very strange. Mm. Okay. Anywho, um, then eventually, after the first two years, uh, Cameron wanted... Um, Colleen to come up to the main house and sign something. So he had created a sex slave contract. Right, because she had a say in all, any of this. Right, right. And I'm sure a lawyer vetted it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it said all Legal. this. Legal.com. Like, <laughs> That's how he printed it out. 
He went to the future where the internet existed yes. and printed that shit out. It's what, like 1981 now? Yeah. So uh, he basically is like, you, you need to sign this contract. So basically said he could do whatever he wanted to her whenever he wanted. Um, and that she had to call him master or sir. And, he, and she had to call Janice ma'am. Ugh. And then the contract also stated that she would be in servitude for them. Meaning now not only did she get to have the fun of being tortured, um, and I'll say lightly molested because he did touch her just yeah. in intercourse. Um, but she also got to clean their house, oh, wash their dishes, do their laundry, so she watch a- the kids from time to time because now there's two kids in the house. Yeah, there's kids in the house. Remember the baby? They had yeah. another one. Oh. Now there's fucking two. So she's just an all-around slave now, not just a sex slave. Right. Like, you can come upstairs, but you're going to have to, like, do stuff. Mop the floors, vacuum, whatever. So she said at least she was not bound at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and then Cameron got really cocky, I, I would call it. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, hey, I'm going to take you to go see your parents. Huh? Mm-hmm. And she was super excited, but he had told her, this is what he told her. He said, You're sign- you just signed a contract, and um, you are now our slave, and there's a whole community of people who own slaves in this area and we're all part of a network called the company and the company is keeping an eye on you at all times so if you ever try to escape or you ever try to harm me the company's going to come after you and your family how old was she she does it started say? at 20 okay so she's now like right. 22 okay um so <laughs> for some reason i guess she'd already been there for two years like she was like yeah i guess this is probably true fucking weird well and at that point she's been abused for two years so you start believing anything mm-hmm. you don't know what's reality you don't know what's logical you don't know yeah so he takes her himself to go see her parents and when they get there she introduces him as her boyfriend <gasps> so he actually takes her to face to face with her parents yeah oh my god and her parents this is another thing of the 70s they were like well she seemed a little weird we thought she had just joined a cult <laughs> We thought she had joined a cult. She's been gone for two years. Right, because she was in the cult. Right. So they just kept assuming she was in this cult. I'm oh like, my oh, God. mom and dad, no. No. Anyway, um, so she gets to like hang out with them, and Cameron runs off to some convention he said he had to go to, and then he came back. Uh, he called and was like, I'm 10 minutes away. You better have your stuff ready. So he comes. He picks her up. He takes her back to uh, the hooker's house. Uh-huh. And um, he's decided he may have gone a little too far with freedom that he had given her with this visit. Um, so right, right when they get back, they um, they move to a new place. It's oh. uh, it looked like a mobile home or a trailer home mm-hmm. um, in the middle of an acre of property. Uh, the problem was there was no basement in the home. Okay. So uh, Cameron went ahead and built a box that slid under his waterbed. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was basically coffin size. And so uh, Colleen had to get in the box and he would shove it under the bed. And she stayed there for 23 hours a day for the what? next three weeks. What? She would come out for one hour to eat, be tortured, and then put back in the fucking wow. box. Are you listening to me, you guys? I, in have a you ever fucking box? Seen a waterbed and how like 
Oh, here's a here's a fun Not fact. Not a lot of space underneath that. Janice or? also gave birth on that bed while Colleen was under it. Oh my god. So this is what baby number 3? I don't even know. But what? What the fuck? Okay. So 23 hours a day for the next 3 weeks she's in the fucking box. And I'm like that I read some stuff on Wikipedia that was like if she had to go to the bathroom, there was a bedpan yeah, by her feet and she had to scoot it up with her feet as much as she could to get her. Yeah, because you're not sitting up. You can't oh, I mean, there's up. no she had to lay down. She couldn't turn over. She could she couldn't do anything. Mm. I'm like that poor thing. The fuck. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've read and I'm I didn't look it up, but I think she also had the head box on in the box. How did she not suffocate? I don't know. But here's the here's the thing. Remember, it was the seventies. Yeah. I don't think this trailer home had air conditioning. No, no of course so not. Sometimes the box itself would get up to over a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. <sighs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still stuck on the fact that they had a water bed. <laughs> not funny <laughs> they did they did that's I, okay go on okay um so then after this three-week punishment because he he felt he had gone too far in letting her have freedom um he lets her out a little bit more and then um so she, this was her punishment essentially for him for going him too taking far. her to right. see her parents yes um and then he at one point or another, once they moved into this new house, this mobile home or whatever, um, his wife Janice said, okay, you can have sex with her. Because Janice is like, I don't want to have sex with you anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I don't know if that's it. I think it was more of a test. Mm, and Cameron okay. failed because he immediately was like, come on. Yeah. And he tied her up to that fucking water bread and raped her. I bet he was having sex with her throughout the years, though, without Janice. Well, knowing. after after the wife gave the okay, even though she didn't mean it, mm-hmm. then it, um, Colleen said he raped her at least once a month, but usually more than that. Mm. Um, he had also built a stretching rack in his backyard. You know, medieval times where they'd like hook up oh all your God. appendages and then like crank yeah, it to like this stretch guy is you. Nuts. He's a sadist. So uh, he did that to her on a regular basis in the backyard. She said everything on her body would hurt. Why? Because he gets off on it. Oh my God. Like I can't, I can't. I don't know what's wrong with this person. <sighs> okay, so then eventually um, Colleen has this plan where she's like, hey, I think I can help bring money into the family. So I want to get a job. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. <laughs> this Cameron guy is something else. So she starts being a uh, cleaning lady at one of the local motels in town. Okay. So she's allowed to leave and go to work. And she said, it sucked. The work was bad, but at least I wasn't in the box. Yeah. Or being stretched. <laughs> right. Stretched, raped, or raped tortured. Or, yeah. Um, so then Janice, okay, Cameron came home one day and he tells Janice, his wife, with the kids, he's, uh, he says, hey, I'm going to start building a dungeon next to the house so I can keep a lot of sex slaves down there. Like, I want more. And Janice was like, the fuck i said one what so she goes to the motel where colleen is cleaning Mm -hmm. and she talks to her like a normal person even after all these years it's now been seven years wow oh my seven years of this shit and so she goes to talk to colleen and she tells her the company isn't real none of this is real you can leave and colleen of course was like she's in the documentary she's a little pissed she's like no she was like 
why the fuck didn't you tell me this earlier? Yeah. But Janice was kind of, she, whoo, she was a victim. Sorry, knocked my microphone. Um, she was a victim, but she was also a perpetrator. So it makes yeah. it very like She's muddy both lines. of those things. So um, Colleen is like, all right, goodbye. So she leaves her job. She goes to the nearest bus station. There's a payphone because that's how you did it back mm-hmm. then. She called her. She called Cameron and was like, "Hey, I know this was all fake, and I'm leaving." And do you know what his response was? No. He started sobbing like a bitch. Yeah. Did yeah. he think that she would feel bad and come back? No, or... I think he was just really upset that his fun had ended. Because he had he, to find like another... Was, yeah, it was yeah, like he, he had to start all kid. over again. He was like a little kid who, who had their favorite toy taken away. Oh, my God. <sighs> Do you think he was at all worried about getting caught? Or he well, here's was something so... interesting. When Colleen and him went to her parents' house, you know, she introduced him as her boyfriend. Uh-huh. So her parents said, get together. We want to take a picture of you two. They had a picture of him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. So when Colleen got home... Uh, she slowly started telling her parents what had happened to her. Um, she was trying to leave out some of the gory details because she was like, they already don't know what I've been doing. For they don't need to know that. But eventually it all came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Janice had uh, already gone back to her husband. She had gone back to Cameron. Of course. Yeah. But um, once the actual dungeon started getting built, she was like, no, 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 I can't do this anymore. So she finally got a conscious, went to the police, and she told them all, the whole story, and the police were super skeptical. I mean, like you kept a lady under your bed in a box for seven years. It sounds very hard to believe, especially back then. But yeah. yeah, so they didn't believe her at first. So they call Colleen, and she confirms the story. So then they go and they arrest Cameron, and I mean he has all these charges. I think there were ten different charges brought mm-hmm. against him. Um, but you know, I was nervous when I'm watching this because you know a lot of times abduction and rape and that sort of thing doesn't get as big of a punishment as maybe it. Yeah, especially back then. Was. Yeah. Well, that was not the state here. Good. He went to court, um, and he got sentenced to 100 years in prison. It's still not enough time. Agreed. But for but the, the 70s, that's great. Yeah. Good for you, 70s. Wow. Although it was 80s at this point. But anyway. So yeah. So he got sentenced to 100 years in jail. He is up for parole in 2022. He's, so he's still kicking and alive in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He's, uh, yeah. He could get paroled in 2022. Wow. What about Janice? Did she? So Janice. Uh, well, she should have some type of. She. So uh, once he was gone, he, she was out of his control. Um, she ended up. Uh, speaking um, doing speaking engagements plus Janice also did um, she does like psychology or psychiatry or she does some sort of mental health thing because I think she got so fucked up from this that she wanted to maybe explore her own mm-hmm. and now that's what she does for a living is like oh that's what it was social services in psychology I, I'm not trying to judge but I feel as though she, she gave up her husband for immunity Right. That's how it worked. That's why I, she didn't get any time. I f- but I feel like she should still serve something. Like, the, think agree. about what those kids went through. And oh, I, I mean, agree. I agree. But I'm just... Uh, uh-uh. So she's in social services. Yeah, which is also a little terrifying. Yeah, a little scary. She also changed her name. Of obviously. course she did. Um, and Colleen is... Uh, she did have trouble in life. She, I think she went to school to be an accountant. Um, I think she had... Did she have kids? I think she did. But anyway. So um, sad. So a lot of PTSD there. But in yeah. the in the show, she looked 
somewhat decent and regular. Like I have to watch this. What was it? Um, I'll send it to you. Okay. It's some sort we'll of post it. Yeah, it's some sort of like wicked betrayal or I don't even remember. It's one of those what shows. A crazy. That's nuts. So uh, Cameron's still in jail. Janice is a social worker, and Colleen is finally free. So oh my that God. is a story of Colleen Stan, the woman with her head in a box. With a head box. Yikes. That's crazy. Yikes. And under a waterbed and a stretch machine. Jesus Christ. Or a stretcher. Wow. Jenny, that was so good. Thanks. Oh, my God. Kenny? <laughs> Can you lighten things up for us? Some weird news. Well. We're glad to have you back this week, yes. Kenny. I'm debating if we should do weird history today because I have... The story I was going to tell on the Patreon fits pretty well with Jenny's story. Great. And I was thinking it. about switching up every now and then and going weird history okay. for year two. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's not going to lighten things up that much. That's okay. We can end on a not light. Weird note. history. The story of Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Have you ever heard of her? Did she no. invent the bath? Marie? A, a bath is involved in some way. Oh, wow. Jenny. Oh, psychic. You're right on weird news and you're right on weird history. So, <laughs> so to start this off, on December 26, 1610, wow. <laughs> Count so Gregory Thurzo paid a visit to some castle I can't pronounce in Hungary on orders of a king. He was instructed to investigate a number of rumors regarding the ca- castle's countess. Nothing could have prepared him for what he saw that oh, day. God. A young girl was lying dead on the ground, another girl was dying, and a third young lady was severely wounded. Three servant girls stood by holding archaic instruments of torture, while in the center of it all, the countess instructed them how to torture her captives. Oh, wicked biatch. What the fuck? Elizabeth Bathory is, so the title of this is, she bathed in blood and killed over 600 victims. What? Wait, wait, wait. Did she do it because the blood was going to make her younger? She thought the blood was going to make her younger. Still. Boom! Even back then, they were looking for a fountain of it youth. It was like a vampire facial, but yeah. like real people that you actually just killed. And with your body. So, your whole body's in it. At a young age, her uncle instructed her in Satanism and oh. taught her a whole bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And so here's some of the ways she tortured slash killed her victims there's oh a ton uh-huh. uh where was it oh here it is she uh used hot pokers and needles under the fingernails and <gasps> through the mouths oh what? my god oh my god stitching their mouths shut she had what if they had to throw up i don't know she didn't care she had a fondness of covering villagers in honey and watching as insects and animals devoured them no some of her greatest hits included (laughs) greatest hits (laughs) forcing victims to cook and eat their own flesh forcing them to stand in buckets of ice outside until they froze to death poisoning them and at one point she had a gypsy man sewn up to the belly of a dead horse and let him die there what the frig she also was known to eat some of her victims' arms and legs and things. Uh, so, <laughs> If you could all see me and Janelle's faces. Yeah. At her trial, she was only actually, the official death toll was 80, but there's rumors she had a book of a list of every victim's name, and there were 650 victims in there. Oh, wow. snap. <laughs> the best part about this, at her trial, the three servant girls who were found helping her torture the ladies instantly put to death. But because she was a countess, uh-huh. she was basically put on house arrest. Oh, she so was it's free the 70s. To, they said she was <laughs> locked in a room, but 
rumors are that she just roamed the cat the castle as she pleased for the next five years until she died. Oh my god. The, oh no The death toll does range people don't know what it is for sure, between fifty and six hundred fifty. And where was that? In Hungary. Hungary. <gasps> Damn. There's like a lot of conflicting stories out this there, could be but a, movie. a lot of these torture things are very similar like the sewing and the needles and, and the hot pokers under the nails yeah oh they say uh when she moved in with her husband who died like 10 years before she's found of all this he built her a torture chamber and would sometimes help Ooh, but oh, it's uh it's a crazy story hmm. so that uh that's your weird history of the day oh, oh god the 1600s know. were crazy i kind of like the weird history i might go on with it if i can find good stories yeah I feel like it might be hard. Oh. oh my god, I love it. That was this was an aggressive episode. Oh, very aggressive for year. I mean, we have to, be, we have to end the year off with, with a bang. With a bang. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. We are so excited that you're here. We hope you stick around for another year with us. Thank you. Love you. Goodbye. See you next Tuesday. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.